0: If you'll open the Bible to Luke 17, and what I've got to do now is what only a good seasoned pastor can do. It's kind of like an accordion. You know, I'll just take whatever time they give me. If they give me a long time, I'll take it. If they say, nope, you're kind of condensed a little bit, I'll just have to condense. So I won't, I'll just have to condense a little bit today, but I'm not going to condense on the main part. I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 17. And, and uh, it's just a very interesting scripture. If you look down in verse 11, let me just read these little few verses. It happened, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, now Jesus on the way to Jerusalem, he passed in the midst of Samaria and Galilee. If you've been to the Holy Land or if you've ever seen a map of the Holy Land, you know the, the, the Holy Land's narrow and kind of long, and and like there's like a, a northern region. That's the Galilee region, the middle part be Samaria and the lower part would be Judea where Jerusalem is where Bethlehem is and so Jesus now is on his way to Jerusalem and he's at the border between uh Galilee and Samaria and he says he comes into this village and what he does if you look in verse 12 he he meets these 10 men who were lepers and they stood afar off they had to stand afar off because lepers were declared unclean and and it, 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 no one, they were put outside the camp until their disease would be cured. Leprosy is not common in our day where we live, but leprosy in Bible times was a very common thing. And lepers, if if someone would get too close within five feet of a leper, they had to shout loudly, unclean, unclean. And if the wind were blowing to their back, 50 yards they had to stay away from the people and so that's why the Bible says they stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said Jesus master have mercy on us and when Jesus saw them he said to them go show yourselves to the priest now the priest had no healing power but the priest function kind of like these uh uh, H-E-B uh, doctor places do. You know, you go and kind of get some stuff done. The priest, he would examine a person who'd had leprosy to see if they were now cleansed. And if they were, he would pronounce them clean and they could resume their normal life. And so uh, that, that's why the Bible is telling us about that. Now it says, one of them, remember there were 10, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down at his feet. Uh, fell down on his face at his feet giving Jesus thanks it's interesting he was a Samaritan now Samaritans were looked at by Jewish people as half-breeds they had zero to do with Samaritans unclean half-breeds outcasts well this is the guy that comes back now it's it it would be pretty clear in the text that these other nine were Jews Else Jesus never would have told them to go to the priest. Jesus wouldn't have told Samaritan to go to the priest. So we've got evidently nine Jewish people and one Samaritan. But a Samaritan is the one who comes back. And Jesus asked him, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? We've heard this story over and over. Were they not found any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? That's how Samaritan was looked upon. And Jesus said to him, arise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, in life, there are many different ways to classify people. But for the sake of what we're talking about today, we could put one group of people in a group of people that just take things for granted. And most of us do that from time to time to some degree. But then there would be another group that is a very grateful people, a very grateful people. And, of course, this is is where the Samaritan was. These other nine, they just took for granted what had happened. Now, you know, the whole bottom line is to be a thankful person, here's here's what I figured out. Here's what I believe. Because some people really are thankful people, and other people are not so thankful. They're not grateful. They, they, They just hardly ever say thank you. I keep drilling that to our grandchildren. This younger group coming up, somehow the words "thank you" just never have gotten there. Whereas many of us were raised, if someone gave us something, we not only would say "thank you," we'd 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 write a note to say "thank you." Of course, now maybe you know a text or an email or whatever we do. But I still try to write a note and say "thank you." But but the, but the bottom line is. There just seems to be a tremendous body of people in our day and time that feel like they deserve everything they have and they even think they deserve more. It's just like, you know, whatever whatever's out there that I want, I deserve it. Well, people like that are not a thankful people. Thankful people are people that understand and believe and admit that they have things they don't deserve. And if we could develop that in our culture, it would be a wonderful thing, but we can't fix the culture, but I can work on me, and you can work on you. But what I want to do today, I want to take the word, uh, I want to take the word thanks, T-H-A-N-K-S, and I want to make an acrostic with this word. Now you know what an acrostic is. An acrostic's just where you take a word, and then you take the letters in that word and let it represent another word. That's what an acrostic really is. So I want to just take this word thanks today, quickly make an acrostic out of it, and I do so because I really believe that maybe one of these, or maybe more, will help us all, especially as we approach Thanksgiving week, be more thankful. Now, the T, I'm going to let represent the word things, T-H-I-N-J-S, things. Now, (laughs) we all have a lot of things. And yet it's real easy not to be thankful for the things that we have. And I want to encourage myself as I reflect upon my life and and all the things and all the things that I have. And you think about all the things that you have. We all just have a lot of things. We need to be thankful for those things. But then there's always that question, uh, do we own the things we own or do the things we own own us? And, you know, there, there's a, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know where I first heard that. But it's easy to let that happen. You, you, and I see it all the time. Sometimes I catch myself at that. I think people think sometimes that, like they own this thing and they own this thing and they own this thing. The fact is the things own them. So I want to be careful about that. But the flip side of that. God has blessed all of us with, well, too many things, but be thankful for the things that you have. And I was just kind of reflecting on that this morning. Time won't let me illustrate that, but maybe it's best I don't. All right, H, let's let that represent the word helpers. Now, uh, all of us in life have had many people to help us. And I think much about that during this time of year. In fact, I make an effort during this time of year to communicate with some people maybe that I've never communicated with. You know, you really helped me in my life, and I want to, I want to thank you for that. People who've encouraged us, people who've prayed for us, uh, people who've given us gifts, they've sent us emails, they've just done all kinds of things for us. I would, I would just, oh, man, I've just had so many people help me in my life. For example, today, just, to, just today, at 10 minutes to 12 o'clock today, I called Rick Lipsy, one of our ministers, said, Rick, would it be too late to get an acrostic on the screen today? This is 10 minutes or 12 today. He said, "Well, no. What is it? Tell me what it is, and I'll fix it." And he did fix it. But I could just, I could just go down—not just people at work, at the church. I just, I just have so many people who've helped me in so many different ways in my life. And you have done the very same thing. Now, uh, you know, the flip side of that is we we want to be helpers to other people as well. And then, then uh, the word, uh, the A for the word adversity. Adversity. You, you may not think about being thankful for adversity. Someone said travel broadens you and trouble deepens you. Now, <laughs> given my choice, I'll take travel over that uh, And I think you will too. But the truth of the matter is, you know, none of us appreciate adversity that comes our way. But the, the bottom line of that is, Uh, and I've said this to the church about the adversity that our family has gone through these last seven months and that we're still in some ways, still going through. Uh, The fact of the matter is uh, I've learned much more about God the last seven months than I've ever known. And also I've learned more about myself the last seven months than I can pinpoint I've ever learned. So, you know, you, you grow, you grow in adversities and you know, we don't always understand them. The Bible says secret things belong to the Lord. Either God calls things or God permits things. But here's what we know if we respond properly and appropriately to adversities, uh we we come out of that thing stronger and better and and, and even thankful for it. I, I had the most interesting email this morning. A lady in Dallas that works at Guidestone uh, had emailed me not long, oh, a week or two ago, and said, want to check on Dottie, how she's doing. And I, I said, well, you know, kind of here's where we are. And I said, listen, I said, uh, Dottie spoke at the church uh, and shared, John interviewed her. And I said, you need to pull that thing up and, and uh, when you get a chance to look at it, because she knows Dottie well. And I had an email this morning from her. I said, hey, I pulled that up yesterday and looked at that. She said, that's the most interesting thing. She said, my pastor's wife has just been diagnosed with lymphoma. And I've, I've sent this to him. I've, I've told him, you need to pull this webpage up and look at this interview. Because a friend of mine that I work, have worked with for years, his pastor's wife has gone through this thing that your wife's not going through. Then she said, most interesting thing, <coughs> she said, I'm going, to, I'm going to show this to my daughter. She has two daughters. They're, they're still school-age kids. She said, I'm going to show them, you know, that what your wife had to say in that interview, because I think it'd be, and I thought to myself, you know, it's the most amazing thing in the world. Uh, you know, that God just takes these things we go through, and not only do we grow in them, but others are blessed for them. And now the word in is, is represent the word, the letter N represent the word now. We should be thankful for the now. Boy, that's a, that's a true statement there was, <laughs> you know you know when you're when you're really young, like a kid, you can't wait to get to be sixteen, then you can't wait to be twenty one then you can't wait to get out of school, and then you can't wait to get married, and then you can't wait to have kids, and then you can't wait till you get this first job, and you can't wait to get a better job, and then you can't wait till you retire. i mean there's nothing left but death i mean uh, <laughs> but look. <laughs> You know, uh, if I could, how many times have you said this? If I, People say, Pastor, what would you do different if you could do it all over again? Well, a lot. But one of the things I would do different, and i probably do it better now than I ever have, I, I would enjoy the now and not worry so much about tomorrow. Just enjoy today because tomorrow may not be as good as today. may, may be better. But just, the Bible says, this is the day the Lord hath made. We shall rejoice and be kind. Now, the letter K in the word thanks, I'm going to let that represent the word kindness. Now, I'll just give this testimony. It's true. People have been very kind to me in my life. I look way back, I mean, all my whole life. Now, So you won't feel like you have been put in a leper colony. I have had my ugly people, too. They're out there. But, you know, when you look at the whole big picture, the fact of the matter is, one of the greatest blessings of my life and your life, if you think about it, is how kind people have done. Mayor, what you guys did today is very, very kind. And I must say, I was shocked, and uh, I wasn't expecting that today at all. Uh, that's a kind thing to do. I mean, you you didn't have to do that. And the people were very kind in their response to that. Well, you know, the the whole deal, uh, if, if a young minister asked me like, what is it like to be a pastor over 50 years? I'd say, well, you're talking about the good days or the bad days. Uh, you're talking about when the church is relocating or after the thing got relocated. What are you talking about? And, and, but I'll tell you what, (laughs) For every unkind person that I've ever encountered out there, there have been a hundred times a hundred more kind people. And I just want to be thankful for the kind people. But the flip side of that, and this is a very important thing, when people are going through hard things in their life, we need to be kind to them. You know, we Christian people sometimes, we, we 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 can be mean folks. I mean some bad things can happen to people and you know I mean it just just I won't go into those illustrations, but boy look don't turn your back on people when they're hurt. You say, well they did this and well they did that. Well, we've all did this and did that. But, it, but the bottom line is, as people have been kind to us, the Bible says be kind to one another. Being kind is always the right thing to do. I remember a seminary professor used to say to us, he'd say, young men, be kind to everybody because everybody's having a hard time. <laughs> that's probably a lot of truth to that. Another seminary professor used to say, look, every time you get up to preach, remember on every row, there's a broken heart. Boy, that's an understatement. On every row, there are a lot of broken hearts. And and sometimes we forget about that. It's not just on the roads at the church. It's out where we live, people we're around, Um, people going through a lot of stuff out there, people having a lot of hard time out there. And then, of course, the letter S, I'm going to let that represent salvation. You know, the bottom line to be thankful for, God has provided us what we need most in life, and that's a Savior, and his name is Jesus. The Bible says God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Look, it matters not whether you're a Baptist, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, Episcopalian, a Catholic, or whatever it might be out there. Uh, Lutheran, I hope, uh, uh, you know, or, or you're out there and don't know what you are. I'll tell you what, the best, all that's good stuff, but the big deal is, it's Jesus. It isn't the Baptist and all that, it's Jesus. And, and, and he has taken care of the need we have all of us have that same need we're all born with a sin nature when Adam sinned we all sinned, and Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins I just finished writing my paragraph of the bulletin before I came out here a while ago and, and I, was, I was I got, you know, one thing about getting old, it's okay to act like, you know, you get, you get kind of melancholy-like thing. I thought, I'm going to write a paragraph this week about things I'm thankful for. And I, I said, first of all, one of the things I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving, all of my family is a Christian. None of us are perfect, but we're all saved. <laughs> That's right, none of us are perfect, we all saved. And then I said in my little paragraph this week, the second thing that I'm most thankful for this year is a way God has worked a miracle in, in, in helping God in these last seven months and continues to. And I, I need to give God, I, I need to give glory for that. I need to give glory for that. You know, and and then you say, well, what else did you write? Well, come to church and read the bulletin. You know, I'm not going to talk that. But bottom line is this. You know, I think about his Tuesday Bible lunch, Mayor Mission, Tuesday Bible lunch. You know, Dr. Landrum started the Tuesday Bible lunches. I did not start the Tuesday Bible lunch. He started it. And then when he left the church, there were two years between Dr. Landrum and myself. And so this thing kind of finally just stopped. And, and uh, then when I came and had been here a little while, we, we got it started back. But, like, I, I want you to know that I'm thankful for Tuesday Bible Lunch. This is one of my—I enjoy Tuesday Bible. I don't have to do anything except just come out here and do what I do, and, 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 and I'm blessed by it. But I'm just thankful for so many things. You know, it, it, the, God's just so good to us. This Thanksgiving, don't forget— To remember how good God is to you. T-H-A-N-K-S. The psalmist said it's right. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Father God, I thank you for today, God. I've experienced today kindness far beyond what I deserve. And I know that, God. I mean, I'm just, you know, this is what I signed up for when I came here to be pastor. But God, to me, Tuesday Bible launch is not something I signed up for. My heart's in Tuesday Bible Lunch, and, and I'll, I, I'll, I'll miss not being here for some Tuesdays, but, you know, we just have a little break now. Bless each one here. <clears throat> Bless each family, each home. Give us a good Thanksgiving. Help us to be remindful and to remember our blessings. And, and God, give us a good Christmas and keep us safe in our going. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.